Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, worship team. Good morning. I'm a, you ever have one of those moments where God just kind of hits you and you're not exactly expecting it? Um, just before coming up here and just seeing that last song and just thinking about where would I be, and I'm just thinking about the amount of love and grace God gives, and specifically in my own, my own life, and I'm just thinking, I'm about to go speak on who God is from his word, and just thinking, man, where would I be? Like, I wouldn't be here. And I was just overwhelmed by this idea that like every second, every moment of every day, that I don't receive what I deserve this is a true, biblically-sized amount of grace that God has given me in my life. That's huge. So as we go into God's Word today, I pray that the, the weightiness of the fact that you are physically here because of God's grace and working through your life, you're here for some reason, it's, it's a part of God's sovereign plan. I know that. Whether it's because there's something broken or something hard you're going through and so you're seeking answers and you're like, maybe God will meet me here today. Well, biblically, yes, he will. He says when we gather together, he's faithful to meet with us. And so whatever it is, we say this often in this church, like we, we don't know what you're going through. We, there's some, it's almost impossible to have a conversation and know exactly the burdens or the joys and things that are happening in your life right now to be able to speak to them directly. But wherever you are, just pray and hope that you feel the immense love and grace that God has for you. Whether your relationship with Christ right now is struggling or whether it is um, actually feels healthy and good, just the amount of grace and love that is poured out on us each and every moment is just a big deal. And so as we think through that and we enter into this time of reading God's word, I just pray that the Lord uh, would meet with you. I pray that you'd feel and know his presence and truth today. And I pray that when we leave, um, we will have experienced a transformation in our own life uh, spiritually, having heard the word, having hearing, having heard. This is a loop. I need Grammarly right now. The fact that we're able to hear God's word right now, I pray that we would know and experience and taste and expect to change. Um, it's a big deal. We're in the series, um, The Dawn of the Church, and even that is an act of grace, right? Like the amount of what God has done to live a life, to die obedient, to be resurrected, for us to have salvation is a big deal. But then God gives us his Holy Spirit and his church, and it's just, again, this ongoing story of grace that he gives us so we don't have to go through life discipleship and sanctification alone like we have the church and what a blessing the church is and I don't know for for parts of my life I've been afraid of the church I didn't want to be known in the church because I didn't measure up I, I wasn't perfect my my sins were were significant in my mind and I'm saying man I don't want anybody to know this but the blessing of the church is I can come broken, you know, just torn up and understand that I'm covered by the grace of God and, and nobody's got it together. We're all in this together. We're all in this story of redemption and sanctification. And it's this beautiful thing that we get to be a part of. And so I'm just grateful for the church in this moment right now for you 
Um, I'm grateful for your impact, the way you serve and speak truth into each other's lives. It's not a little thing. And so what we've been doing is going through the first two chapters of Acts. And Jason said last week we're going to slow down, right? So we're actually going to camp out on this passage right now, Acts 2.42, for the next four weeks, unpacking the things that the church had devoted themselves to. And before we started unpacking that, I want us to really remember what just happened is that um, the apostles started teaching and lives were changed forever, right? And we are a historical impact that is because of what has happened in this passage. Like, we know the gospel because people have been sharing and uh, spreading this from that point on. And one of the biggest parts that hits me is like 3,000 were added to the church. And like that number could be more. We don't really know for sure. But 3,000 lives were changed. Not just physically, not in this materialistic world that we live in. Like they were dead and now are alive. Like that is a big deal to think about that. There was that many people who were spiritually dead, heard the words preached and taught about who Jesus Christ is, what he did, and then place their faith in the truth of the message and their lives were changed forever and became part of the church that day. And so one of the things that I was thinking about is that we don't put enough emphasis on the spiritual reality of our lives in everyday moments. We don't put enough emphasis on the fact that we need to have a intentional striving to be spiritually healthy every single day. We think about all the other ways we need to be healthy or good or settled or secure in our life, whether that's physical health, um, food, security, job, finances, education for our kids, um, programming, homes, um, places to be able to rest and go on vacation. And don't get me wrong, none of those things are inherently wrong. But typically, even for myself, those things can consume a larger portion of my energy and thought and, and, and resources than my own spiritual health. That day when they heard the gospel, their spiritual reality, their spiritual health became a top priority over anything else. When we step into faith with Christ Jesus, I pray and I hope that your spiritual health, your spiritual growth, your spiritual sanctification would become something that is more important and greater than any other need or desire in your life. And full disclosure, we all struggle with making that a top priority. It is so easy because we're bombarded with so many different messages of what it looks like to be happy or healthy or secure um, or what it even looks like to personally grow as a person. And the world actively combats against spiritual health. But what we're seeing in this, this passage and what we're seeing in the church happening is that spiritual health, spiritual reality has now been awakened in somebody who is dead. And now they understand their need, they understand their purpose, they understand their calling in a way that they've never un understood it before. They couldn't have understood it before because they were dead in their trespasses. And so we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, I'm going to read it again. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to breaking bread and their prayers. So today what we're going to talk about is the apostles' teaching. That's going to be the first thing that we're going to stop and camp out on. 
But before we do that, we need to pay attention to the fact that they devoted themselves and what that actually looks like. Because I'm not the best person to illustrate what devotion means or define it. Here are just a few that I pulled to help us understand it. It's devoted means to be earnest toward something or someone, to persevere, to constantly be diligent, to give oneself continuously to, to continue in, and to wait on continually. Just to help us kind of understand what are we talking about when we mean devoted, like we're talking about no matter what, I'm giving myself to this. I'm waiting on this. I'm persevering in this. I'm continuing in something. So sometimes what we think about what devotion actually looks like is perfection. If I do this, then I am devoted. Therefore, I'm good. So devotion doesn't mean perfect attendance. Devotion doesn't mean that you're hitting 52 Sundays out of the 52 weeks of the year. Devotion does not mean that you have been to all of your community group meetings in this past semester and you're already going, this semester I've got them all marked out on my calendar. That's not even what we're talking about with devotion. Like that's something that we are taking on ourselves and we're saying, okay, I'm going to place my hope in this in a way that is not biblically pleasing to the Lord. You know, we can be devoted to say, I'm just going to know all these scriptures and all these books of the Bible and so what we're really devoting ourselves to is legalism. What we're really devoting ourselves to is just knowledge. What we're really devoting to ourselves is some legalistic religious structure that we feel like if we can hit these marks, that somehow we're there. But none of these things mean anything apart from having a devoted relationship with Christ. That's the key component that we need to have stuck in our hearts. If we're talking about devotion, we're talking about devoted to a personal relationship with Christ. These four things that we're going to unpack is some of the things that um, are, um, what's the word, outflows of what it looks like for them to have a personal relationship with Christ. So these are not um, prescriptive. These are descriptive things that the early church devoted themselves to. And they're enough for us to take a moment to actually look at them to see what is going on? So if you think about the early church, this was not just an add-on, right? If we start looking at what the early church started doing with one another, like they devoted an immense amount of time together to God's word. Their devotion became a top priority in everyday life. Earnest and diligent, learning and applying everything. And all this is due to this miraculous transformation that happened inside their hearts that day that they heard and they believed. So one of the things I find that's hard for me to stay devoted to is when I don't see the change. Anybody with me? Anybody who's like, I'm devoted, thick or thin, it's never going to change? Cowboy fans, you know what I'm talking about. Be honest. It's hard, right? It's hard when your team's not winning, or it's hard to stick to something when you don't see the results that you want, right? Your devotion begins to like wane a little bit. So how many of our resolutions are still going strong? Diets, exercise, right? All the things that we're like, this is how I'm going to get healthy. Like it's so hard to say devoted to something when you're like, I'm having a hard time seeing the long-term or the short-term gains in it. 
And so when we talk about devotion, we're actually not talking about devotion to the results. We're talking about devotion to the, the God who is the one who saves and the one that we will spend the rest of our lives with. So when we talk about devotion, we're not just talking about what the sanctification or redemption looks like. We're talking about devotion to Christ and Christ alone and why that's so important to us because He never changes. And if I'm looking for change in my life, I need to be devoted to the one who doesn't change. Do you ever devote yourself to someone or something that changes all the time? It's hard to follow. It's hard to be consistent with. It's hard to respect. It's hard to trust. It's hard to know that they are able or capable. But when we start talking about devotion, devotion to Christ above all, He is worthy, He is trustworthy, and He is able to work in us. Let's look in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. So when we start thinking about devotion to the apostles' teaching, like what does that mean? Like we didn't actually get to see all that they taught, right? And so when we start thinking about the apostles' teaching, this isn't the first time that we've talked about who Christ is, what he's done, what he's taught. Like we spent two years in John unpacking the teachings and the life and the ministry of who Christ is and was. So the early church didn't have the whole Bible like we do. They had the Old Testament and they had the apostles' teaching. Fortunately for us, we have all of those things. So they had to rely on the teaching and the accounts of the apostles, the witnesses who saw Christ's life. And so if we look at Matthew 28, 18, we see this command given to teach about the life of Christ. And it says, And Jesus came and said to them in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, this is important. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we start thinking about what is the teaching, we're talking about the whole lot. We're talking about the life of Jesus. We're talking about the teachings that Jesus gave, not only to the disciples, but to the crowds and to the Pharisees. We're talking about the Old Testament. We're talking about everything that has pointed to Christ and everything that Christ has fulfilled. And so Jesus is calling the disciples to teach all he commanded and share all these things so that the hearers can obey it, follow it, and experience this life change that only happens in Christ. And so when we think about the teachings, like we don't have the apostles, we have God's word. So for us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching is to be devoted to God's word. And this is really important that we understand when we talk about devoted to God's word, we're talking about actually God's word. You don't want to be devoted to Nick's commentary on God's word. I make mistakes. I have to always check myself and in humility be willing to be checked because I'm not um, perfect. I'm not perfect in my understanding, and you, that's a good thing, right? But God's Word is what we're called to be devoted to. God's Word is what we devote to be um, changed, to be encouraged, to understand the truths and relationships that we can have with Christ. 
And so we look at even like the Apostle Paul later on explains to um, us one of the messages that he gave in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 5. He says, For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. In, verse, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're seeing the whole of the gospel, that Christ died for our sins. This is the most condensed version that you can have, that he came, he died for our sins, and not only did he die, he resurrected, he came to life, he defeated sin and death, so that you and I may be saved. And the reason that Paul is able to talk about this is because he also received it. And because he also received it, then he was able to share it as well. And so we see this explanation of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we know that one of the beautiful things about scriptures in the New Testament is we see all of the Old Testament prophecies and promises fulfilled. Don't we? Like when we think and we read about scriptures, we get to have a better understanding of who Jesus is, who God is. We get to know that he's authoritative. We get to know that he's above all things. We get to know that he is um, the creator of all things, that he's the savior of all things. We get to know when we're going through hard times by being devoted to God's word, that he fulfilled each and every promise, that he fulfilled each and every prophecy. Statistically, there is this crazy number they come up with for one person to be able to fulfill all the Old Testament prophecy. Because so many of them aren't even a a part of your life that you can actually choose. Like just where you're born, when you're born, who you were born by. Things that are beyond your control. Like all these things being fulfilled that we get to see a better picture and understanding of who Christ is. And the gospel is not just for salvation and salvation in that one moment in our lives when we pray to receive Christ. When we believe in him. The gospel, the message of who Jesus is and what he is doing in our lives is for our everyday moments. For our everyday moments. It influences how we see ourselves, how we, how we are redeemed. It influences, if you're married, how you interact with your spouse. If you're parents, it, in, it influences and in, um, informs how you parent. In your everyday life and job, what it looks like to be a servant, to love sacrificially. It informs everything that we say and we do. And just in the song we were singing, where would I be? Like, that's the gospel. Where would I be without Christ? Where would I be without his salvation? Where would I be without the redemption and sanctification that he is calling us to and working in us? The call to discipleship is to devote ourselves to learning the gospel message as revealed in scriptures. To intentionally open our lives up to one another to see the message and allow it to shape us. This is a process. It happens over time. I was just thinking um, all the things that I've forgotten, right? There's like this un... um, unmeasurable way to actually know how much I've actually forgotten in my life. But there's so many things where I was um, trying to think of somebody's name the other day, and I actually wrote this person's name down on a log for six years. For six years, I, na- I was 
had to log people in and out, and I wrote, handwritten, this person's name, and the other day I was trying to think of uh, their name, and I could not think of it to save my life. You would think six years of writing this name down every single day would lock that one in. And still to this moment, as I'm telling the story, I can't remember the name I'm trying to remember. I remember their face, but I cannot remember their name. God gave me the opportunity to go to seminary. I cannot tell you what I have forgotten since seminary. I have books, and I have connections and resources, but I can't tell you all the things that I learned and forgotten in that time. But I'll tell you one thing that I haven't forgotten is how much sanctification and redemption that's happened in my life. Because of the message of the gospel, because of the devotion that God gives to us, this covenantal relationship where he gives his best, even though I don't deserve it and I often fail, he has been faithful to do so much sanctification in my life. And I tell you that because being devoted to God's word is not about information and information alone. We have to have that information with also a strong relationship. We have to have that truth with a strong relationship with Christ. Because to have one is to lead into legalism and perfectionism and to be able to um, name your own uh, uh, righteousness for yourself. I promise you it doesn't lead to sanctification or redemption. I've done it. I'm actually working on the repairs of what I've done in that. But the relationship with Scripture breathes life, brings wisdom, brings discernment, brings joy and peace in our lives. And so for us, we want to be devoted to the Scriptures because He gives us more of Christ. He gives us more of a relationship with Him. This can be on your personal time, one-on-one with God. Devoting ourselves to reading His Word, to diving deeper, to understand the richness of who He is. This can be with your family. This can also be with your community groups. In men's and women's Bible studies. Reading God's word in relationship with God is primary, but reading God's word in relationship with others is so, so important. It is so impactful to understand God's word and allow other men and women to speak into your life to help you understand the richness of God's word. Because when we do this, we allow God to do things that only he can do. I was reminded of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. When we understand God's word and we dive deeper into it, we grow in this grace and knowledge of him. We grow in this grace and knowledge. And that's how, man, it impacts so much of my relationships because I understand in, in that I've been forgiven so much and the grace that God has given me, it allows me to extend it to my kids in ways that I've never been able to do it before. Where you so I'd be harsh or legalistic or quick to judge, but now it gives me grace. It gives me grace with myself. It gives me grace with the people I grow in community together and they return in like kind. But as we read God's word, we understand that it's bigger than us Matthew chapter 6 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
It's not just about me and God and my relationship. And at the end of the day, when I check in with God, that's all that matters. Like God has called us to be part of his church. God has called us to be part of his kingdom. It is not just about you and God. It is about the church, universal. It is about his kingdom that he has planned and laid out and invited us to be a part of. And if we ask ourselves, can we trust the words of Scripture, man, just think about over and over in the, the series that we did in John where Jesus constantly reminded us that He and the Father are one. One doesn't do one thing without the other. And when Jesus speaks, He speaks the words the Father has given Him. John chapter 7, verse 16 says, Jesus answered, He's teaching, and they're amazed by His teaching. And He says, My teaching is not My own. It comes from the One who sent Me. God's word is trustworthy. God's word is authoritative in our life. God's word should be the beginning and end of everything that we say and do. It's what unifies us. It's what redeems us. Because it contains who Christ is. It contains the message of the gospel. So although God's word informs our thinking... One of the biggest things he does is it transforms our hearts. Our lives are impacted because of that. Church, so often we have tried to redeem or work in ourselves by the outside working the way in. If I do this, my insides will change. My heart will change. My mind will change. What happened with the church when they became um, a part of it, when they place their faith and trust in the message of Christ, they reprioritize everything from the inside out. Our devotion should not be dependent upon what's going on outside of us. Our devotion should be dependent upon what God is doing inside of us, moment by moment, every single day. Because it can be hard, it can get discouraging when you're like, man, I want to see the change on the outside. I want others to see the change. No, we stay devoted because there's an internal work that God is doing through His Holy Spirit, through the Word, that we are able to change. So one of the things I want to do is encourage us that we persist in our devotion to the message of the Gospel through God's Word. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Sundays. Every day. As much as you can. Not legalistic, but in every moment you're pursuing this relationship. You're pursuing this devotion to God's Word because you want to know Him more. You want to be seen as well. That even when physical reality is whispering that you are silly or dumb or it's not going to do anything in your life, you devote yourself to God's Word. You devote yourself to who He is. To persist because making the difference in our spiritual health is way more important than anything else. And eventually that difference will begin to show up in ways that you haven't been able to see before. As I look over my walk with Christ, it's not about my level of knowledge in, in just understanding Scripture. It has been the relationship that has been correlated with that understanding that has been the most impactful in my life. There's times where I wish I would have the knowledge that I didn't have then. But God has been faithful to work in me and the timing that he's got me. 
And we can trust in what we don't see because we can know the one who is worthy of worship, who saves us from our sins, who calls us, who redeems us, who has made himself known through his word and his Holy Spirit. And so I pray and hope that as we go through this series, I pray and hope as you are a part of Solid Rock, um, and even in your own personal walk, I pray and hope that you would stay devoted to God's word because it gives you more of who he is. It allows you to have a deeper relationship. It's not so you can look smart or have the answers. It's so you can have more of him. And when he heals the brokenness and he heals the sin and frees us from all those things, then we get to be more of who he actually created us to be. To bring him glory, to worship him in what we say and what we do. And through his word, we are fulfilling that role as worshipers. So the band's getting ready to come out. I have a few questions for us to reflect on. First, have you placed your faith and hope in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation? Because you can devote yourself to God's word, but you have to have a moment or a place or a time in your life where you said, no, I believe Jesus is who he says he is. I believe he died on the cross. I believe not only did he die, but he resurrected and became alive again, defeating sin and death so that I may have eternal life. If you're here today and you don't know what that looks like or you have questions of what it means to have faith in Christ or have a relationship, then we're going to have prayer partners up front. Elders are going to be in the commons area wearing lanyards. Like, we would love to have that conversation. Like, we would love to unpack that with you. We would love to be able to pray as you seek the Lord. The next question is, is to whom or what do you devote yourself in your everyday life? I'm going to be honest with you. This one may not be easy for you to pinpoint. It may not be easy for you to just be able to go, this is what I devote myself to. You may have to ask some, for some input. You may have to look at how do you spend your time. You may have to look at your bank statement and go, where's my resources going to? Like, where do I devote myself? To who or to what? And the last question is, is how is God, God calling you to devote yourself to ongoing discipleship here at Solid Rock. God has given you himself. God has given you his word and being devoted to it is number one. But we were not designed nor were we called to do it on our own. One of the big things that I'm always overwhelmed by is that being able to stand here with you today, there is a long line of people in my life that you can't see that walked with me and poured into me, and still to this day, there is a line of people that continue to do so. I have not done this on my own. I have not, to be honest, I haven't accomplished a lot. I'm just telling you that where I am in my spiritual walk is all because of Christ. And so where is God calling you to be devoted to your spiritual health here at Solid Rock? It may be that you need to be part of a community group to be able to do life together. Like Jason Martin said, life's messy it's hard men's and women's bible studies like you say i don't know how to read my bible like i don't know what it looks like to be devoted i don't know if i can understand it we can get you plugged in 
It's not because we have all the answers, but this is the ministry that God has called us to to be able to do this together. So where is God calling you to be devoted today? And I pray and hope that no matter what, that you will have a response for whatever he's calling you to. I pray that you would know that you have a safe place to talk to somebody, to go, how does this look like in my life? How do I flush this out? Man, we want to walk with you. Because like I said, we stand here today because of how many have walked with us. So we're going to have a moment to respond. Prayer partners, again, are going to be up front. Let's pray and let's worship the Lord. Father, we come before you right now and just thankful that, Lord, you have given yourself to us. Lord, that we are able to have a relationship with you not because of anything we have said or done, but because of out of your goodness and your grace and your sovereignty, Lord, you sought to have a relationship with us. Lord, you've made yourself known through your word. And I pray that, God, you would give us a heart to see your word as a wave to us to see you. And we wouldn't look at it as some academic book, we wouldn't look at it as some burden. We wouldn't look at your word as something that we can't understand. I pray that we would see your word as hope in our lives to know and honor you. And I pray, Father, that in our devotion, that God, that you would surround us with a great group of believers to encourage, to lift up in prayer, to discern together, to seek wisdom, to bear burdens with one another, that, Lord, our devotion would bear fruit in our spiritual lives so that we may be faithful to share with others, so that we may be faithful to give you glory for all the goodness and grace that we've received in our lives. Lord, help us understand what it means to be devoted wholeheartedly to you. So Lord, we love you. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.